Blog Talk Radio. WIJSF.com. Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recordings, and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC. Another girl 
Well, that is our newest member from Germany, the diva. She's seriously a diva now, you know it, but I'd say she's a diva. She's a diva, okay? All you people out there declining divas, this is the diva, Joan Faulkner. Now, we met eons ago, and our worlds never really collided. I never, They never collided, but here we are. Here we are. So. Yeah. You couldn't hear it, but that move on down the line. That's the thing, honey. <laughs> that is the thing. I can't wait to listen to this show afterwards. And anyone who's not here, they can listen to it. It should just be you and me. If they call in, I'll let them in. But So, Joan, you started on that intro. You started on that intro show we did telling me about your life and, oh, my goodness, how you were singing at your mother's funeral. And, girl, how did you step out of the depression of that life experience into where you are now? Tell us the story. Well, I'll make it short. No, you have 40 minutes. Don't make it short. Talk. My my mom, that was her request. I'm a preacher's kid, so I grew up in church. Yeah. Okay. That was so that's where you began singing in the choir. No, I was solo. Oh. And I became my father's choir director at 14 years of age. So our church was wow. a storefront church, small at, at the beginning. So everybody, children and adults, we were all together, young people in the choir. Okay. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when did, did you perform in Indiana or did you move somewhere else and perform? Yes. I performed in Indiana. My first recording with the uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of the World was when I was 17. I was the assistant state choir director. But after my mother passed, I got pregnant, married, moved uh, to South Dakota. My ex was uh, Air Force. So we were in South Dakota five and a half years. Two other children were born, and we got stationed in Germany, Rhine-Main Air Force Base. That was in 1978. We arrived, and my career began right after I got here. I started singing at some of the local jazz clubs, and that led to me meeting a piano player who was getting married. And that led to Bill Ramsey, who had a TV show, and I was one of the guest singers on his show. And that led to another TV show, but I couldn't speak German, and I didn't know what I was doing. That's how that started. Okay, so you really did start performing in Germany. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've been singing my whole life. Yes. But your professional career blossomed in Germany. 
my professional career blossomed in Germany. I did sing in South Dakota. I was with a, a band called Raw Funk, and I did sing at some of the local clubs at NCO Club in downtown Keystone, which is near Mount Rushmore. Hey. So I did top 40. Oh, you did. you did? And I was a choir director for the gospel church that they, the gospel service that they had on the air base at Ellsworth Air Force Base for, for about five years. So who wrote this song, Move On Down the Line? Well, Mr. Cheek wrote the song. I wrote the text. Yeah. So the two of okay. you wrote it. Excellent. Yes. You and should he, you should submit this song to the CD to the <laughs> to the eighth CD of Women in Jazz South Florida. This is a good oh, song. It's a, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a very good song because we gotta move. That's right. <laughs> That's that was right. written back in two thousand four. We recorded it uh, in two thousand six. We recorded it with uh, Reggie Johnson, Bobby Durham, Gustav. We went into the studio and recorded a whole CD in four hours. You know those are my friends, my old. I know it. I've known Bobby since I was in my early twenties. Yes, yes, from Philadelphia. He was. He was my pianist, Gerald Price, drummer. Really? Yeah, and then when he went. Then there was, um, uh, I think Al Smith was his name, but he had great drummers. He had great musicians. And Bobby, yeah. of course, was the top of the line. You know? Oh, yeah, he was. He and was then Reggie, I knew Reggie from Burn and uh, yeah. Marion, you know, Marion's yeah. jazz room. So right. back to you, back to you, back to you. Now, did you ever study music uh, theory? No, I'm a natural singer, but I did sing in school choirs all the way through high school. And I went a semester to college, but my mother was so sick with her heart. My Mm. mother had a bad heart. She was born with a bad heart. Mm. And I was paying my own way to school. So I did that one semester, and then I stopped to take care of her full time. I was even working, but I said, no, I'm going to be right by my mother's side. Mm -hmm. And I stayed at her side. This was the fourth heart attack when she passed. She was only 51 years old Mm -hmm. in 1970. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a hard one, very hard. So, okay. How did you begin to, did, uh, okay, do you consider yourself a jazz and blues singer, a blues singer? What do you consider yourself? Well, since I've had to sing all kinds of music, I just take the hat which you hired me for. But these, in my later years, I am more blues, gospel, and jazz. I am not doing so much popular uh, but when I get hired to do it, I can do it. I worked for Frank Farley in 20 years. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. All right. So how did you begin to choose the the material that you were doing in the clubs in Germany? I learned, believe it or not, because my repertoire when I got to Germany was not so large, but there were nice kind musicians, and I rehearsed a lot, and I have a very good ear. If I hear it one time, I got it. I learned very quickly, and when I got the opportunity to work in Bern, I worked with Red Richards. He said, Red Richards, said, you, you got a good voice, and he said, you learn real quick. So, you know, you had to do three steps. So I had to learn quick and in a hurry. So I didn't grow up with jazz. I didn't grow up with blues. All of that came as I as I grew into the singer that I am today. Right. And so that's what I'm asking because we have a lot of young women that listen and repertoire is the biggest if you don't have the words, you don't know the song. Okay. And girl, nothing burns me more than to hear the wrong words to song. I'm I'm a stickler about that. Um, yeah. Even though I will change a line or two, I will change. It's <laughs> the situation, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I developed. It was actually the pianist that I told you about, Gerald Price, mm-hmm. who started to teach me about yeah. how to develop a repertoire. And see, he would accompany four singers when they came to Philly. Really? He worked with uh, Dakota Staten for four years All right. on tour. He worked with Demita Joe. You ever hear of her? De- Demita Joe. Never yeah. heard of her. But De- Dakota Staten, of course. And Gloria Lynn. Yes. And Ella. Yes. And Ella. All right. So All right. he taught me their phrasing and their... Um, he taught me what he does with them. Okay. And, and so by the time I finished, I studied with him for several years, too. And mm-hmm. by the time he finished with me, I was well-tuned. Do you know who else was his student? No. Harriet Lewis. No, not yes. my girl. So you know how she is on a stage. Yes, he is. And that's what he taught us. All right. That's what he taught us. We, I didn't know. Boo. I know. That's not true because I've been on the stage since I was four. But he mm-hmm. taught me repertoire. Yes. He, he had ear training. All yes. of You see? And that's what mm-hmm. he taught. Harriet, we discovered this. When she came to Bern and I was there, we were talking about Philly. And I said, well, you know, Gerald, yeah, he's my teacher. And we got him on the phone together from Switzerland. Really? Yes. Well, Harriet is, is one of my, she's a, a dear, and she's with this show that I've written the book about the three ladies of blues. So yeah. how did that come about? How, when First of all, when did you... When did you begin it? And well, the, the yeah. book 
started in 2001, and it started because Jeff Jazz Agency, who had booked years before it started, the agency started in 1960, but Catherine Meyer and her mother, Jacqueline Meyer, took over the agency when Get Meyer, he died. So they they took it over and continue because uh, Gerd Meyer was booking Duke Ellington, Louis, Alla, all of those top acts when they came to Europe. And when he died in the 90s, then Catherine took over. And she said, Joan, can you put a group together for this festival in Berghausen, Germany, which is a pretty famous festival um, for the show in May, and I said yes. So that's one. That's how it began. And so I found the two ladies, which were Cynthia Utterbach and Joanne Bell. Now Cynthia is strictly jazz. She's a jazz singer, but she, of course, we all have to know how to sing gospel. We all grew up with that and blues. But I'm going to tell you, Cynthia and Joanne had written a show, and it was presented in a theater in Hamburg called Billy and Betsy. So I met Cynthia in 91, 1991, when she came over to Europe. We were on the uh, cruise, a big, it's not, they call We I, I thought it was a huge, Ship, but this is a, what you call a ferry that could hold up to 2,000 people, Ooh. 500 cars. What? And we, we, yeah, we met on the Celia Serenade. It was 13 stories in the sky. Wow. <laughs> I had never wow. seen anything like that. And I met Cynthia in 1991. It was November. We befriended each other. So I knew her from that time. So when Catherine asked me, in 2001, I knew Cynthia, and I, I had met Joanne in 99, and Joanne is more classical. So the three of us, I brought Ma Rainey in, and that's how the three ladies of blues began. Okay. So now you have the book. Yes, but between the release of the book and the beginning of the show, where have you been with these women? We have traveled. Each of us have still today. We have our own shows. Um, and we are, like each of us have produced, we've done television but we came together to represent the real, true divas of the blues because a lot of people don't realize who these ladies are and what they really stand for. And Ma Rainey was, we call her queen mother of the blues because she really was a showstopper. I mean, can you imagine coming on stage with a wagon and you enter the stage coming up out of a big horn 
like the old Victrola. That's how she entered the stage. Mm. And she wore gold, real gold around her neck. So mm-hmm. she was the real showstopper. There were other blues singers, of course, but she was a show and a producer. And she, she really put the showbiz. She brought it from the field. She brought it to the stage. Wow. That's heavy. Yeah, well, she's heavy. She was heavy. And Becky was with her for at least three years, so she learned from Ma. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. Well, you know, I've written a very small book called um, Blues Women, the First Civil Rights Workers. That's the truth. They were the first voices that said, I'm not three-fifths of a person. I'm a whole person, <laughs> and I got something to say. Right? And they were tough women. You had to be. I mean, can you imagine what they had to go through to perform and put up their tents? And Ma Rainey, she was a businesswoman. Right. Okay. She grew up with vaudeville her parents were in vaudeville and she is from columbus georgia she was a good businesswoman and she started recording and within i don't know how long not long she recorded over about a hundred and something songs Mm -hmm. of her own songs uneducated and i got a chance to visit her home in columbus georgia Mm. She ran the theater. She ran two theaters, one in Rome, uh, Georgia, and another one, of course, in Columbus. But she was a businesswoman. She had buses. She had she hired the people. And if you got in trouble, she went and got you out of prison. Mm. She was a businesswoman, real tough. And she carried. They all carried shotguns. Yes, they did. Betsy is known. She had her tent up to do her show, and she recognized the the Ku Klux Klan were outside, and she recognized Joanne Bell. She told me about this. Uh And Bessie said, I know who you are, and if you put a match to my tent, I'm going to blow you away. I mean, these ladies didn't let down, and they were not broke. Right. They became millionaires. Right. <laughs> they weren't broke. Right. So today when we are told that there's no money, they knew how to make the money. And Ma Rainey stayed with Paramount the whole time. She never changed record companies through her recording career. Right, and they put those record companies on the map. Yeah, they did. Those well, record you know. companies, nobody knew them until Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith showed up. That's right. Well, Paramount was a furniture. They made furniture. They See? weren't even a record company See? at all. See? People, so when you don't know the history, this is important. The history of these ladies 
we have our own history. In the show, uh, we let the people know, Joanne Bell always says that we have a rich heritage. We just don't know it. We haven't been taught it. We're learning a lot now about our history, what is not written in the books. We're learning even more. But the ladies of blues, they were way before their time. They were innovators. Mm -hmm. They were strong. Mm -hmm. And since Ma couldn't get on Broadway, she only hired dark-skinned women because, you know, they only hired light-skinned women. Well, she hired dark-skinned women and light-skinned men. They put a twist on it. But you know, the thing, the double standard that it is okay for me to omit you, but how dare you omit me? You know, yeah. oh my goodness. I mean, it's, it's the, the whole dichotomy of racism, it, oh. it baffles me. It baffles me. But there's a bigger problem, and yes, that is. is the value placed on women musicians. This is true. Very true. Very true. Big problem. Well, I'm really, really, you know, when I started writing this book, I thought about all of the places and the incidents people don't realize in showbiz. They think you just come on stage. And that's it. And it looks so much fun. But a lot of people don't realize what we go through to get to the stage. That's right. Getting to the stage is the end effect. But you might be offered a job six months in advance, three months in advance. You've got to rehearse. You've got to know what costumes. You might have to travel uh, by bus, by train, by plane, your costumes getting lost. So these are some of the stories that I share in this book over my group, The Three Ladies of the Blues. Mm-hmm. Now, where can people get the book? Well, I'm I'm almost there. Okay. I'm working on I'm working on getting this uh, to find. I see. Since I had I live in Germany, and I had it. Printed here. I, I'm looking. I have a company that I'm negotiating with right now. That's going to help me get this book on the market worldwide. Good. So that's my next. Because I think this, these stories, and we work with some really great musicians. Some have passed on, but some are legends, mm. like Buffy Durham, like Wayne Dockery, who was the basis. For Archie Shep for many years. I'm and, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I want some of these uh, stories of our show to be known and, and let the people know today how the good times and the bad times and the places we've been to at least 29 different companies countries, mm-hmm. excuse me, different countries mm-hmm. in uh, over here that the Just Jazz has booked us from, we were in Dubai, we've been to Tunisia, we had a night in Tunisia. Ah. <laughs> Did you 
did you hear my words to a night in Tunisia? No. Oh, well, I have to send it. Just put Joan Cartwright, a night in Tunisia. And let me just give you the story quickly, because I want Cheat to come in. Isn't Cheat there? He's he's uh, he's not right. He's not here right now. No. Oh, okay. Well, he he didn't want to disturb. He stepped out. Okay. So I gave Dizzy Gillespie my lyrics to a night in Tunisia. It was really? the same year that Shaka Khan did her version. Okay. I waited twenty years. And then I recorded them. And I love them. I love my words to a night in Tunisia. All right. And I mm-hmm. wrote them yeah. in Philadelphia. I did. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that was beautiful. So you had a night in Tunisia. Go ahead. We, we, I'll never forget that night in Tunisia because the audience erupted. I mean, I've never seen such an excited audience. Wow. They were, this theater was old. I was afraid that the, that the balcony was going They were <laughs> with the, when the band hit that night in Tunisia. Uh-huh. Bobby Durham was with us. It was really a night that we'll never forget. That was one of the nights I'll never forget. Uh, with this group, with uh, the three ladies of blue. Cynthia was there. Joanne was there. And Cynthia got a chance to get better opportunity, and she started working in the Far East. And our dear friend who just passed on, Miss Ellis Day, yeah. really welcomed her there. But And so when Cynthia left, we had already worked with Harriet Lewis. And Harriet Lewis has been a part of the group with Joanne and I since 2005. Yeah. Okay, so the three so, ladies of the blues were mm-hmm. did one night in Tunisia. That's beautiful. Now, um, Cynthia knows my friend Sandra Kay in Shanghai. Okay. Sandra Kay, yeah. All right. But she and I never met. I don't think we may have been on Facebook together or something, but we okay. never really, really met each other. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I told you this show was generally 30 minutes, but I pushed it to 45. <laughs> and I'm glad I did because I think we're going to have to do this on a monthly basis. I think it's fantastic because I have a lot of stories to tell because singers today must understand, you know, we're all inspired by singers. But to find who you are and your voice, and today is, for me, too many singers don't get to, to find who they are. Right. I they, agree. Are, they don't get to, a chance to grow. And we were lucky, Joan, because we got a chance to hone our craft. There were more clubs, and the musicians, like you said, would, would help you. And these opportunities, you, it's not always the big stage. You know, you learn in a smaller setting. Yeah. And then you learn when someone requests. They said, do you know this song? I said, I don't know it. But 
But if you come back, I don't know it the next time, and they pay you mm-hmm. to sing their favorite song. <laughs> yes, they do. I worked in a little bar at the Tiger Palace, and I had a summertime table. They were young students. Every time, <laughs> every time they would walk in, I don't care what I was singing. I say, here comes my summertime table. And, you, you know, personalize your customer. Sure. And you have a chance to grow and to learn how to, you knew their name. You get a chance to personalize when you have a chance to work in a room like that. Mm-hmm. Not always, you don't get that on the big stages. But you must know how to work in a big stage. You must work. On a little stage, you must be able to work like I sang at the Acropolis Theater with the orchestra. I, you just have to have so many hats, but it starts small. In my beginning, I am proud to say a lot of people shun me. Well, Joan, you only sing gospel. Mm-hmm. Baby, if you can sing a gospel song, you can convince. That's right. You convince somebody when you sing precious lord take my hand that's right then you can sing a blues that's right <laughs> have you yes. ever heard of cheryl porter yes i've heard of her oh my I don't god her, but i heard of her 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 husband was my bassist uh on a tour that i did with um giovanni mazzarino in italy and okay. then i started listening to her on the internet. Wow. I mean, wow. This woman can sing. Okay. She 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 does everything from nursery rhymes to <laughs> classes to opera. Everything. Everything. She's fabulous. And he is a great bassist. So your relationship with a musician yeah, you know that's interesting too. Just give us a sprinkle of that. Well, Mr. Cheek, we met now is twenty years ago on a jazz cruise in the Middlemere, what they call in the middle of. We were in Dubrovnik, like Croatia. We were in Italy. We were in Malta. We had seven day cruise. And we met, and with him being a great jazz musician, of course, I've learned a whole lot in that, in this short time of 20 years. Mm-hmm. So he is a great composer. He has worked with several jazz icons, and Jimmy Woody was on that cruise at that time in 2000. And Ron Ringwood, it was the jazz cruise and he had over 100 musicians. And that's when I met Gustav. And we started writing songs together. And he was also one of the musical directors for our second show. Reggie Moore is from New York City. And his trio was on the cruise that we performed on. That was uh, Queen Yana and Cynthia and I. We were the three divas. And when... Meyer asked, could we do blues? I said, why not? And I called Cynthia. Cynthia said, yeah, let's do it. So started with the three ladies of blues, and it 
all of those girls. I wrote the text. It's dedicated to Ma Rainey, Bessie Smith, Billie Holiday, Iva Cat, you know, Alberta Hunter. Alberta All of these ladies, because Alberta wrote the big hit for Bessie Smith, Downhearted Blues. Right, and Mamie Smith wrote Crazy Blues. That was the first one that we played on the radio. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, listen, girl. We have a rich heritage. I have to mail you the magazine, and I'm going to mail you my little book, too. Because okay. I know everything that you are talking about is in this little book. But the thing about it is, is it's our time to tell our story. You know, we all have them. So I am really, really happy that this book that I've written has lots of pictures documentations of where we were, what we went through, the fun we had. We performed with the big band as three ladies of blues. We also sing gospel. So it's just, it was part of what the three ladies really did. The the ladies of blues came up and all of them, the musicians, everybody went to church. That was a must back in the day. You know, they had that. That was all we had. So, Joan, we're at yeah. the end of the show. We are. <laughs> Give me a big fat smile. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna play "Ladies of the Blues," and then I'm gonna contact you and schedule the September show. Okay. <laughs>
educational organization that promotes women musicians globally. 